Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. So Pastor texted me last night and uh, said to be ready that he may have me minister. He doesn't like talking to y'all more than once a day, once a Sunday. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, to be to be to be ready, and uh, a few minutes after that, the scripture dropped in my heart. So we're just going to roll with it tonight. Go from the over to Proverbs, the twenty ninth chapter. I'm grateful we we are part of a church that is well taught and uh, knows some things. I tell you what, you know, lack of knowledge is a real problem for much of the body of Christ. But how many know that uh, it's, a, it's a problem, and there is a lack of knowledge in the body of Christ? A lot of people don't know what the Word says. Uh, but how many also know that, that that's not an excuse? Well, I didn't know. God, God still holds us accountable and expects us to know these things. He's given us His Word. He's given us His Spirit. And we have the teacher on the inside. I'm not you, but I'm thankful for the teacher on the inside. Thank God for good teachers. We have, we have great teaching here, but we have also have the teacher on the inside of us. And, um, you know, as a church, we're well taught and i am very thankful for that you know i'm all, i'm constantly uh uh surprised when i talk to people about things they don't know and i just think oh dear lord I, i'm glad i'm not dealing with that or or been told the wrong things taught things that are unscriptural unbiblical unbalanced and and uh, it causes all kinds of problems when you when you when you hear those kind of things and uh i mean we have to always be on guard for those and and make sure we don't let them affect us and get into the way we do things and how we look at things but um Thank God we've been taught, taught right. But you know, one of the biggest things we need is motivation to do what the Word says. Being taught well is important, but how many know that uh, taking that to the next step and then being a faithful student of the things that we've heard is, is real, real important. Really, it's the difference between success and failure. I mean, not knowing results in failure, but how many know knowing and not doing results in failure a lot of times and falling short? And, and uh, thank God we, we're, we're not doing that here. Amen. We're moving forward. We're, we're going where God's called us to go. Like I said, uh, Pastor, uh, when he called me, I had this scripture pop up. And so um, I want to look at this night in Proverbs, the 29th chapter. This is a scripture that uh, we know. Proverbs 29, 29 in the 18th verse. It says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Happy is he who keeps the law. But notice it says where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. And, um, you know, the, when it talks about revelation here, it ta- it's talking about a, a prophetic vision, an inspired vision. How many know it's important that we have not just a vision, but an inspired vision? A lot of people have vision, but it's not inspired. When it says prophetic or inspired vision, it doesn't mean just inspired of yourself or inspired by the things going on around you or the circumstances of the day are inspired by your desires. It is good to know that God wants us to have the desires of our heart. He wants us to have those things as well. Uh, but, you know, the Scripture is talking about a prophetic vision, inspired vision by God. One that God has inspired, something that He's given us, that He has placed on upon our heart and, and directed us to do. I tell you what, if, you don't, if you're not living with an inspired vision in mind and in front of you, I would encourage you to do so. Amen, because the scripture says here, it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. They cast it off. They, they push it to the side. 
And a lot of times people think that's what happiness is. How many know being, being, casting off restraint does not mean happy? That is a, that is a, 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 a falsehood that's prevalent in our culture today. You know, we have to be on guard against the ideas and the, and the thoughts of this world and the, and the way they do things and how they see things because it is not right. And, and though it may make sense on one level, on another level, it's not, it doesn't make sense at all. You know, you cast off a restraint. I've always reminded us, somebody had given the example, I don't remember who it was, but a horse, you know, when they become unbridled and they get outside of their restraints, they're going to run and jump and, and kick and, and do all of those things. You know, they're going to be free and, and seemingly happy, but when it gets cold and it starts raining and, and, and there are animals, other animals around about that, that like horse meat, horse meat, you know, or, and I think horsey tastes good, but by the way, I think it probably does since zebra tastes so good. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, they get out there on their own, uh, you know, what once was freedom can, can really turn into a bad scene really quick can turn into a, a bad situation or in a, in a, in a, in a quick, quick minute. It says here that the, where there's no vision or revelation, the people cast off restraint. You know, having a, a, an, a prophetic or an inspired vision from God is key for us staying where we need to be and staying in our place and doing what God's called us to do and pleasing God and, and uh, walking in line with his word. I like what the New Living Bible of that translation says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. When people do not accept divine guidance. You know, when we read the scripture, the, the New King James says where there is no revelation, I guess sometimes people think, well, sometimes, you know, they're, they're in one area or this area, and, you know, God doesn't have anything to say. God has something to say with every single area of our life. There is a divine uh, inspired vision for every area of our life. And it's not that God's not talking or willing or has a plan or, or, or is directing us, a lot of times it's, it's just up to us. There's no vision because we didn't accept it. There was one, we just didn't lay hold of it. We didn't partner with God and agree with, with what he said in, in acceptance. You know, vision is such an important thing. Amen. Vision is such an important thing. And as a church, we have a vision. We have a vision for our church. One of the things that, uh, that we've been strong on over the years, Acts 26, 16, uh, talking about those things and preaching on those things. He's called us to be ministers and a witness, right? And as a church, like I said, we've got a, a strong vision, but he has a vision for every part of our lives in every area of our life, for our families, for our children, our homes, how we, how we conduct life in general. There is a, an inspired, a God-given, God-breathed vision for us. Amen? And, and when we don't keep it in front of us, when we're, when we're not laying a hold of it, when we don't accept it, and how many know accepting is not a one-time thing? Accepting is a continual thing. When you accept something, it's not just a one and done. It's a, it's a constant decision every day to continue to accept that vision. But he's got something for us, and um, uh, we need to make sure we're holding on to those things. I know pastor doesn't do uh, seasonal messages often. He does sometimes. You, do, you preached on Christmas this year, so he does every now and then. And uh, So maybe this is New Year. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just what God wants us to talk about tonight. But, you know, we're heading into a new year, and, and it's important that we keep vision in front of us, a divine vision in front of us. And not a watered-down version of that, but the full scope of what God wants to do, keep that in front of us. I just want to remind you that God's still on the throne no matter what's going on. God's still on the throne. 
And no matter what happens in the weeks, months ahead, years ahead, God will remain on the throne. Jesus will still be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He'll still be our elder brother. God will still be our father. We'll still be seated at the right hand of God in heavenly places far above all principality and power, might and dominion. Right next to the one that bought it for us, it's all going to remain the same. So it's important that we keep these things in front of us. That, that, that's part of our heavenly vision for life. That's part of the prophetic vision, the, the inspired vision for us. We don't do life like everybody else. I said, we don't do life like everybody else. We don't go through life. We don't look at life. We don't interact with life. We don't live life like everybody else. We have a higher standard and a higher call. We have a vision to uphold. Amen. We have a vision to walk in and to walk out. But I tell you what, oftentimes it's, the, well, not oftentimes, every time, there are things that are pushing against that and wanting us to go another direction. Uh, go over with me to um, Luke chapter 7, Luke the 7th chapter. Too oftentimes, um, people will replace a heavenly vision, inspired vision, a, a prophetic vision inspired by God, something God has spoken to us. Uh, they, will, they will switch that or replace that with offense. And I say offense, you know, church, church circles, you know, a lot of times we think about offense from the standpoint of, you know, somebody said something, I didn't like it, they took my parking spot, took my seat, you know, or looked at me wrong or you know, and we've got to walk in love. How many of you, that's, that's, that's a, we ought to, we ought to stand against those things. You know, we're all human. We all say dumb things, myself included, right? We all do things we probably ought not do and, and cross the line, but, but that's not the only meaning of offense. Uh, one of the simple meanings of offense is just simply something that offends or displeases. A lot of times a heavenly vision, an inspired vision, a prophetic vision from God, uh, it can be offensive, to the natural mind. It can be offensive to the, na- the, the, the natural human way of doing things that we're just inclined to do with, because of a fallen nature and, and, the, and the corruption that's in this world. You know, uh, uh, it can be offensive. And, and it can also uh, displease us at times. If you, if you don't know that serving God can displease you at times, then you probably aren't doing a good job of doing it because uh, serving God will... will will oftentimes and on a regular basis bring displeasure. I, well, I, thought the, I thought serving God was great. It is. But you have this thing called your flesh that we all have, right? And if you don't know it, just think just at some point during the day, your flesh has probably tried to get your attention, right? I mean, we all have flesh. We all have opinions. We all have things, right? And uh, a prophetic vision, an inspired vision from God can, uh, can, can not, not always be easy, can, be, uh, can offend us, it can displease us, but we need, to, we need to make sure that we're not separated because of that. It says here in Luke, uh, the seventh chapter, this um, Jesus here was uh, answering. John the uh, Baptist has sent, his, sent his disciples. Let me find my place here. I sent his disciples to go uh, to Jesus and, and to... Uh, to, to, uh, to talk to him. And he made this statement after they left in the 23rd verse. 
He said, and blessed. Well, verse 22, he said, uh, Jesus said, answered and said to him, go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Praise God. Verse 23, and and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. And so offense tries to get in the way. How many know that being in the will of God and, and walking out the plan of God and being uh, laying hold of a heavenly vision, inspired vision, there's blessing attached to that. Because anytime you obey, anytime you're doing things God's way, God's blessing is attached to it, right? If you only listen, if you only obey, he'll make you rich. He'll bless you, right? And so we know that to be the case. Well, he said here, he said, blessed are those or blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Now, Jesus wasn't worried about people being offended because he cut them off in traffic. Jesus wasn't worried because, you know, his donkey looked better than their donkey. Or Jesus wasn't, wasn't referring to the fact that, you know, people could be offended because of all of the things a lot of times we think about. You know, he, he wasn't polite or maybe he was rude in line at Dairy Queen or something. I mean, you know, none of those things. I mean, that, that's not, Jesus wasn't concerned about that. But he was talking about being offended at the stance that he takes and the things that he says and, and the position he has. And he said, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. The gospel is offensive. It, it's offensive. It's offensive. The, the uh, 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 a heavenly vision, inspired vision, uh, the one that we need to lay hold of and keep a hold of because without it we cast off restraint, right? People run wild. One scripture says becomes unproductive, right? Becomes something that they're not, Right? That, that vision is, is, can be offensive. It is an offensive thing. And Jesus said, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Now, it's interesting. He answered uh, uh, John the Baptist, his disciples. We'll, we'll go back to verse 18. Then the disciples of John reported to him, John, concerning all these things. And John called two of his disciples. This is the 19th verse. John called two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus, saying, are you... Uh, are you the coming one, or do we look for another? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many infirmities and afflictions and evil spirits and many blind. He gave sight. And he goes on to Satan, you know, tell him all the things that you have seen. Verse 23, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Notice they came to Jesus, uh, John sent his disciples to Jesus to see, are you the coming one, or do we need to look somewhere else? He had a vision, he had a God-given inspired vision for a redeemer, and he believed Jesus was him, but he said, are you it, or do I need to look somewhere else? Do I need to keep my attention on you or look somewhere else? Really, the difference between us keeping our attention where it needs to be and not getting it off on something else is not being offended or not, not, not taking notice of the displeasure that it may cause or bring temporarily into our life because when you do that, it'll cause us to look somewhere else other than the heavenly vision, other than the inspired vision. It's so important that uh, we live free from that and not fall prey to itching ears and itching eyes and and uh, uh, or you know the Bible talks about itching ears, right? People want to hear hear the things they want to hear, but also people want to see the things that they want to. They want it to look a certain way. They want it to be presented a certain way. How I many of all of none of those things matter 
And um, many times those things will be offensive to us. They'll be, they'll be uncomfortable to us. But it's important that we uh, make sure that we have our attention where it needs to be. You know, God gave us the, uh, the account of the children of Israel for our benefit and to help us uh, see some things. You can go over to uh, 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. 1 Corinthians, um, I believe it's chapter 10. I oftentimes refer back to this and, and personally uh, to these things and the, thing, the example that we were given. Thank God that this was recorded for our benefit. All of these things, the, the, the journey that the children of Israel took. And um, I think verse, uh, verse 6 says, Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things. As they also lusted, verse 11 says, and all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our, our ad, ad, yeah, that word, ab, ab, I don't know, I got a tongue twister here this morning, admonition, there we go, admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. And those things are recorded for our benefit. You know, the, the children of Israel and their journey is a type and shadow of the life that we're living right now. And I said, it's type and shadow of the life we're living right now. They're, they are recorded for our benefit. Uh, you know, when they left Egypt, it was a type and shadow of us coming out of the world. And, and when they crossed through the Red Sea, it was a type and shadow of, the, of, the, of being baptized, you know, into the family of God and, and all that belongs to us. But a lot of times people think that uh, crossing the River Jordan uh, was, a, was a type and shadow of heaven. It wasn't a type and shadow of heaven. Because there are, no, there are no giants in heaven. There's no cities to overcome. There's no enemies to run out. There, none of those things exist in heaven. It's all good, and there's no fight. I mean, <laughs> there's no fight there. It's just wonderful. But the, 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 the promised land, Canaan to them, was a type and shadow of us, of life, uh, what life is here on this earth, uh, with the blessings of God, with the provision of God, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with those things in our life, uh, uh, they belong to us, and so it's a type and shadow of these things. And how many know that there are, there's opposition, even in this life that we have right now? There's opposition we have to face. There's things we have to do. There are things that are coming against the vision God has given us. Well, God had given them a vision uh, uh, for, for their people, for their nation, for subsequent generations, and they allowed other things, discomfort, things that didn't look good, to talk them out of pursuing what God had done what God had made theirs and made available to them. We know that the account, you know, in, uh, in Numbers, uh, the 13th chapter, I believe, second verse, you know, uh, uh, God had said, you know, that had declared that this was their land. He said, I'm giving you this land. And then later on, uh, after they had the, sent the spies in, it was either Joshua or Caleb, one of the two, said, we are well able to go up and take possession of it. Let's go at once and take possession. So they, they realized it belonged to them, but they began to see things there that, that they didn't like. There were some things that offended them. There's some things that were trying to detach them from the heavenly vision, the inspired vision God had given them. And they had to make a decision about that, and their decision cost them 40 years. Their decision cost them 40 years, and so it's important we don't fall in the same boat. But it says here in the 10th chapter, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, it says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in, in the cloud and in the sea and ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that flo- followed them and that rock was Christ. I mean, we have to be willing to follow and to go against the flow and to follow him, amen? They've, that rock followed them, but they also followed Christ. 
Verse 5, but with, but with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. It says, and do not become idolaters as some of them, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat, to drink, and rose up to play. Now, like I said, these are examples uh, for us. Uh, this was recorded for our benefit. And this is all tied to us keeping our eyes on and, and, and pursuing after the vision God has given us as a people. As the body of Christ, there is a divine inspired vision for us. But one of their problems is it says here they became idolaters. So he warned us not to become idolaters as some of them were. As is written, the people sat down to eat, to drink, and rose up to play. You know, in the recent weeks, uh, uh, months or so, really, uh, and, and, and the, this scripture has just kind of been brought up to my attention often that the Bible talks about in the last days that people will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Re- lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. You know, we, we live at a time where comfort is king. I mean, you buy a car based on which seat feels the best. You know, you, you pick out your, lo- your chairs at home, which feels the best, right? I mean, everything is, is, is comfort is everything. We, we love comfort food. Right? It makes us feel good, right? We, we, don't, we don't enjoy healthy food as much as we enjoy comfort food. And I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of it during the holidays. And, and now we need to get back to the right stuff. But we tend to go that direction because comfort is king. And so uh, I've been reminded a lot here lately of the scripture says in the last days that people will be lovers of, of pleasure more than lovers of God. How many know there's discomfort, there's offense and attached to loving God more than pleasure? There's offense, there is discomfort, there is opposition to being, our hearts being attached to his will, his plan, more so than what feels good looks good. We have to make sure that we stand against that. And notice it says that they sat down to eat, to drink, and rose up to play. You know, we, we sat down. We've been seated in heavenly places with Jesus, but we're not supposed to sit down while we're here. <laughs> we need to stay up and active, and we get up not to play, but to conduct kingdom business. Amen? Verse 8 said, Nor, nor let, let, let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the, dev- the, the destroyer. Verse 11. Now all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the age have come. And so like I said, this was an example for us to make sure we're keeping the right things in perspective. And make sure we're pressing forward. There are things that God still wants to accomplish. You know, one of the things that, that I think has happened to some folks, and I know nobody here, but some folks I know in the body of Christ have, have gone into a surviving mentality in the last year. How I many know that's not who we've been called to be? We've not called to be survivalists, right? Now, surviving is good, but that's not what he's called us to do, just to hunker down and survive. He's called us to thrive. We're, it's not a word, but I'll use it tonight. We've been called to be thrivalists, not survivalists, right? We've been called to, thr- to, to, to thrive, you know, the original mandate that, that God gave Adam and Eve, we're still living that out today. We're back doing that to, 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 to take dominion and to bring under submission all of those things that are not. That's still what we're doing. That's part of our divine inspired vision. 
We can't do that when we're sitting down or when we're just trying to survive. I'm going to caution us against just trying to get through the next year with our head down, not, not taking too much attention upon ourselves. Let's just get by, take care of me and my own. That's not who we've been called to be. We have a vision from God. We have a divine inspired vision from God. We have all kinds of things that God has instructed us, promised us, said he wants to do through us, things he wants to accomplish. This is our vision. Nothing else is our vision in life. Listen, having a great business is important. Having a great education is important. Having all of the great home, all these things are great. But our vision in life is to accomplish the will of God. Our vision in life, our divine vision, our inspired vision is to accomplish every bit of what he's called us to do. And we have to be on point and make sure we're pressing on towards that and not allowing offense to move us out of the way, not letting discomfort move us out of the way. The reason why the church has been, has had problems being, uh, I'm trying the right way to say this has not been as successful as we need to be is because we've been offended not offended because somebody took our seat, but things displeasure has taken too big of a role in our pursuits. Displeasure has caused us to, to go routes we, aren't, we shouldn't go, and we cast off that vision, and we run wild. It's important we not do that. Go to Philippians, the third chapter. Philippians chapter 3. I'll be down here in just a few minutes. I hear some Snickers, but I will be. Like I said earlier, I started, you know, I really, we have a, a, like I said, we've got a real, real benefit here of being taught well, being taught so well over the years, but we need to make sure we are stirring ourselves up. And really that's part of our job for one another is to encourage one another to, to keep pushing forward and, and to, to be doers of these things, to stir one another up to love and to good works, to to push and urge one another on to not just be good information gatherers, but be good doers of these things as well. But in Philippians chapter 3 scriptures, we know Philippians chapter 3, the 12th verse, this, this is Paul saying, so not that I've already attained. Philippians three twelve, not that I've already attained or am already perfected. He said, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. What's he talking about? He's talking about that that inspired vision, that heavenly vision that he's been given, that God gave him. He said, uh, he said, not that I've already attained and perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Notice Paul's telling us here something. Just because God has a vision for us and it's inspired doesn't mean it happens. We have got to lay hold of those things. I think we, we sometimes fail to realize how much in partnership with God we really are. You know, because we, because we fail to realize how much like him we are. I mean, he's made us to be so much like him that, that he, he holds us in such high esteem. Think about that. God holds us in high esteem that he doesn't do this independently of us. He doesn't do any of this. The will, the divine plan, the inspired uh, vision does not get accomplished outside of us. Not one bit of it gets accomplished outside of us. Think about that. We have a part to play. He said, I do these things that I may lay hold of that for which uh, Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, to have laid hold of. 
You can say this way, I don't count myself to have apprehended enough of the vision. I don't count myself to have done a good enough job. He said, no. He said, I don't count, count myself to have, have apprehended. How many know if we don't have it all, we don't have it? If we haven't gotten it all, we haven't gotten it yet. He said, but one, th- but one thing I do, for getting those things that you're behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press towards the goal. The original Greek used that word as, as, as a target. I press towards the target for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Then he goes to saying, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. He said, let us also think this way, a pushing forward, a going after, keeping it in front of us. You know, you can't keep a vision in front of you when your eyes are on other things. You just can't do it. He said, it's just not possible to have our vision, our eyes on a divine vision, inspired vision, when our eyes are on other things. So important that we keep our attention on the right place, not on the things that offend or displease us. I'm telling you, the enemy wants to bring division. He wants to, he wants to, to extenuate, accentuate and highlight things that are displeasing to us. We've got to stand against that. I have to be on guard for that. Like I said, uh, I said I was going to end here in a minute, and I'm almost done, but... Uh, I guess my, my heart tonight is there are things that God still wants to do. We still have a vision in front of us. Let's not let discomfort separate us from getting all that God has for us in the next year. Like I said, this isn't necessarily a, 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 a new year message, but, but I guess it is. We need to keep pushing forward. Let's not just be so relieved we survived 2020 and God was faithful. That is part of it. So glad that we survived. I heard you had a great testimony service on Wednesday night. I will say that it wasn't quite as rosy next door. (laughs) We had a little bit of a come to Jesus meeting Wednesday night. But anyway, uh, sometimes that's necessary too. I heard you had a great testimony service. Wednesday night, and that's great. And we can be so thankful for what he's done. And, and I, that's a, that is a temptation to be so glad and so grateful for what he's done for me that I just want to live here and enjoy this instead of looking ahead because that doesn't look too nice. And I don't like the way that sounds, and I don't like the way that looks. And, and I, I've heard, I, I put up with enough in 2020. I just want to take a break in 2021. I, I survived it. I just want to enjoy this. Can I tell you, you can't enjoy this without keeping vision in front of you and not letting things that want to offend you and that displease us keep, divert your attention. Because Jesus said, blessed is those who are, those, are those who are not offended by me. Blessed are those who are not offended. The minute we, we live back here, we no longer position ourselves to enjoy what God has out here. Yes, the vision was good then, but there's more vision to be had ahead of us. And we have to keep our attention in the right place, but also guard our hearts to make sure that we're not uh, falling uh, prey to the, 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 the mentality of comfort is all. That's why Paul said, I forget those things which are behind. He had a lot of bad stuff to forget, a lot of failures to forget. Paul also had a tremendous amount of success to forget. 
he had evangelized in a very short amount of time. In a very short amount of time, went from the persecutor of the church to one of the leaders of the church. He had, he, had, he had enjoyed a lot of success going into towns and going into cities. And some places they hated him and tried to kill him. Other places they laid hold and grabbed a hold of what he was saying. And whole towns were turned around because of what Paul had. To, I mean, he had a lot of great stuff as well. He said, I got to forget about those things. I got to, I'll thank for, I'm thankful for him, but I can't keep living there. I got to keep pressing forward. Scripture, go to Isaiah 54. This is a scripture that I think is one of Steve's favorite scriptures. That's become a thing next door in youth is to, to claim what are people's favorite scriptures. And so, and I've said this before, but Q's always given me scriptures that are my favorite scripture. So Q, this is one of the ones you can say is Steve's favorite scripture. Is this one, is this your favorite scripture? It's one of them. All right. <laughs> Isaiah 54, I'm in 45, let me go to 54, here we go. Isaiah 54, wow, you can just start in verse 1, it says, Sing, O barren, you who have, you who have not born. How can I sing? I've, I, I, obviously, this is written to somebody that they, they don't want to be barren, they want to bore, they want to... They want to <laughs> I mean, they, they want to have it. Is that a word? I don't know. It's not. I'm making up all kinds of words tonight. They don't want to be, what, what would be the right word for that? They want a bear. Rawr. They want a bear. All right. So not that kind of bear. They want a bear. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get, right? Pastor Greg's messages are like a box of chocolates. But anyway, he said here, he, this is the prophet Isaiah, sing, O barren, you who have not born. How can you do that when you want a bear, but you haven't? You've got to have vision in front of you. It's your vision that causes you to react in a way different from your circumstances and the things that want to offend you. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. This is where it comes back to an inspired vision, a prophetic vision, that's where blessing is, 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 that's where blessing is had. There's where happiness is had and not our own plans, right? He goes on to say, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. And this is the word that stuck out to me. Do not spare. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. I believe in, in, the, in the upcoming year and months and, and years ahead of us, we need to have, really, whether it's February, March, whatever month it is, we always have, ought to have a mindset uh, of not sparing, right, and expanding our tent, expanding our vision. Laying hold of more of what God is saying to us and laying hold of more of the, uh, of the inspired vision of God and, laying hold, and not sparing but making room for those things. He said, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. I would say this, in, 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 uh, in the time we have ahead, it's so important that we don't have a survivalist mentality. We don't have a survivalist mentality. We will survive. 
We can't do anything but survive. That's who we are. We're survivors. They're saying, I'm a survivor, right? We're, we're survivors. That's who we are. But we also need not be sparers either. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Verse 3, for you shall expand to the left, to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. That is what God is doing through us. That is a part of our inspired vision. We've been called to do these things, to expand to the right and to the left. Our descendants inherit the nations and make desolate cities inhabited. That's who we've been called to be. Amen? Let's keep these things in front of us. Let's not, let's not let comfort take, take rule or to live a life in a way that we want to make sure we're staying comfortable. People aren't always going to like you, and that's all right. People aren't always going to approve of you, and that's all right. Amen? Praise God. God is good. We're going to have a good year in 2021. We're going to have a good year in 2021, but we're going to have to stand our ground, as we've always done, continue to stand our ground. If you've not been an active stander in years past, stand. If you've not been a fighter in years past, fight. If you've not been an active believer in years past, believe. If you've not been an active speaker, speak. If you've not been an active declarer, declare. Whatever it is you, you need to do, whatever the Lord directs you to do, that's what we must do. Amen? God is faithful. Hallelujah. Let's all stand up. Lord, we honor you. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. We thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands and let's just worship him for a minute. Father, we honor you. Hallelujah. Thank you. 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 Thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah, Father. We are grateful for all that you've accomplished. Hallelujah. All that's been done for us. Lord, 2020, you have been good. It has been a great year. It was a great year. You know, Lord, I told you, I was almost a little sad to see it go. It was a great year, Father, and I'm thankful for all that you've done for us. But, Lord, I'm so grateful for the opportunity that awaits ahead. I'm so grateful for the days that lie ahead. I'm so grateful for the opportunity for you to prove yourself faithful once again. Hallelujah. But it doesn't just happen because you decide to prove yourself faithful. It happens in conjunction with our faith and our obedience. Father, I'm looking forward to the days that lie ahead to keep your word in front of us, to keep your will in front of us, to keep your plans in front of us. I'm thankful for the days ahead of us to make a decision to not pursue other things, but to pursue you <laughs> in all areas of our lives. Father, in all areas, not just in church, spiritual things, but in our daily living, Father, to pursue the inspired vision that you've given us to contend for, to lay hold of these things. Father, as a congregation, Lord, we thank you for it. We commit ourselves to have renewed emphasis of going after you, renewed daily emphasis in going after you and pursuing your will, 
your purpose, your plan, your vision, Father, for our church, for our lives, to walk lives that are well-pleasing to you. Father, we make that commitment to do it. Father, we also ask for your grace, which is sufficient. We ask for your grace, Father, to enable us, to strengthen us, to empower us, to equip us, to do what's necessary. Hallelujah, Father, we ask you for it. We thank you that it's ours. We believe it and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And one of the reasons why I think sometimes, you know, the Lord will have these kind of things be brought up at the beginning of New Year because people are interested at the beginning of a new year. They're interested. What's God saying? What's God doing? What's God want me to do? The problem is, too often times we lose interest as time goes on. We lose interest February, March, April, summer plans, whatever else comes up. Our interest, because the calendar's been the same, our interest wanes. That's part of keeping the heavenly vision in front of us, not casting it off. When other things try to get our attention, other things try to take first place. Not casting that aside, but keeping the same heart we have at the beginning of the year as we would throughout the rest of the year. When it becomes a lifestyle. Amen. Happy is he who does that. Amen. Happy is he. Happy and blessed is he who lives that way. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. As Pastor Greg was ministering this, this really stirred my heart tonight. And the scripture that came to my mind was when Jude wrote, and he said, Brethren, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning your common salvation, you know, salvation can't become common in the sense of becoming commonplace. He said, uh, I found it necessary. Here's what happens when, when, now I know he meant common in the sense of universal, but here's, here's what can happen when things become commonplace. We, we find it necessary to be exhorted to contend for the faith which was once for all delivered for the saint, to the saints. You know, we've had a lot delivered to us. But we have to stir ourselves, like Pastor Greg is talking about tonight, to contend for these things, to lay hold of these things. And there, there is con- some contending required. I know when the, when the uh, pandemic first happened and they were shutting everything down, you know, it's going to be two weeks and then it was going to be weeks and weeks and then it was going to be, you know, till 2023 or something. But uh, they're shutting everything down. And there was a lot of people in, in, in the church world that were balking. And they were saying, well, they're attacking the church. And at first, I, I, I disagreed with that. I said, no, this is not an attack against the church. Because if you believe they're attacking the church, they're also attacking state parks. <laughs> they're attacking restaurants, you know. Uh, so in one sense, you know, it was, it was uh, I didn't see it as a particular attack against the church but as time moved on people started taking advantage of the health crisis and I and I believe there was then an attack against uh, public worship 
singled out and uh, in a way that, that was completely unreasonable. And, you know, we've come through that. We stood against that. We've come through that. But we came through it for a purpose. To not just resort to, to church as usual. We've, we have fought... And it, and it was, and, it, and I, I like, I like the fight of faith because the fight of faith is a good fight. It's never a bad fight. It's not. It's, the fight of faith, you don't come out of it going, "Boy, I'm glad that over is over." When you're in faith and you come through a fight of faith, it's like give me another devil to fight. We've come through a, a hard fault and come to a hard fault victory, but there's a reason for that. In 2021, glory to God. To move forward, to do more, strengthen, uh, 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 lengthen those cords, strengthen those stakes, take more territory. And I'm just saying again what he's already said, but this just stirred me up tonight. Amen. 2021 is a year of, of, of doing more and conquest, having more, seeing more of God's plan and his vision in, in fulfilled in our lives individually, what God has for us, and then also for as a church. And not only in this church, but in the church world. I know a number of years ago, I think it was like 1996 or 1997. I wasn't aware of it at the time, but I heard about it later. The Lord gave, and I think that's the the year that uh, he got it, but the Lord gave Dr. Ed Dufresne a vision, showed him a vision of the flesh church as opposed to the word and spirit church. And uh, the Lord said to him, I'm not going to put my end time harvest in the flesh church. I'm going to put it in the spirit, the word and spirit church. And Randy Greer had a similar revelation, but he called it the informational church and the inspirational church. And both of them, both of these prophets said the Lord is going to move people who are hungry for God You're going to move them out of the flesh church, the informational church, and move them into the inspirational church, the word and spirit church. Well, uh, who would, no one envisioned what was, what happened in 2020. I mean, churches are, are right now are shells. Many churches are shells of what they were. I mean, virtually emptied out. This is a time to lay hold of what's in front of us. In 2021, Amen. Thank you, Pastor Greg, for 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 uh, bringing this out tonight because uh, this is a time to 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 launch forward. Glory to God. Jesus said, "Launch out into the deep and cast your nets." Glory to God. This is the time for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stay stirred up in our hearts. Amen. Glory to God. Let's get all that God has for us this year. Because the, what the devil intended for, for our harm, God is turning to our good this year. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. 
If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.